up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Where They've Been. My name is Jeff. Hey, today I have a really good friend of mine, Zach Moore, on the podcast. And uh, what more? What an just unfortunate pun right there. Can I say about this guy? He's a very good friend of mine. He's got an awesome story, and I can't wait for you to check out where he's been. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Maybe we can walk that road again. Hello. 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 Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Winston, I said hello. Oh, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just Dude. got a peek into how every single one of our conversations starts. We don't really have a true friendship. It's literally just quoting back new girl. New girl quotes. Quotes back and forth. And new the rare quotes. office quote. Yeah, well... I feel like I'm a beggar, a bigger office fan. Beggar? Like, I don't know how no, that you, just came out. You're a bigger Seinfeld fan because you're the only person that likes Seinfeld. Okay. That's just <laughs> absolute heresy. <laughs> there, there would be no office. There would be no friends. There would be no Parks and Rec without Jerry Seinfeld. This is true. I agree with you. I'm sure you so, have facts to back it up, but I agree with you. I do. I mean, I, I not really. Just the reality of that. They were like one of the first of all. I mean, they're the greatest. They're the it was a show about nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So there now we have all of these shows that are literally about nothing. That's true. Modeled after the greatest show about nothing. Seinfeld's our sponsor. We're Seinfeld not. sponsored by Seinfeld. No, Jerry would sue us because that's true. Jerry, <laughs> we're just kidding. We respect you. Jerry. You're great. We know you know how much he got paid once I was looking to do a set like a comedy set. Oh, yeah. A 30 minute set. Do you know how much it was for him or for you? Yeah. Time like, for him. He tried to do it. No, oh, gosh, I can't even I can't even put a guess on what it would be. OK, so I'm pretty sure the gate was ten million dollars is how much they paid him. That is insane for one 30 minute set. But it was a sold out arena. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, it like, wasn't like a downtown comedy club. Like it was an actual like arena. Yeah, right? it was like okay. it was like a huge arena. And I'm pretty sure it was on a TV show as well. Oh, but for it, sure. It was like, I'm like, that can't be real. But that's I wonder crazy. if it was like there's a contract involved and he was doing other sets. But oh, that's probably like, true. Yeah, they said like he takes his private jet there. Craziness. So but hey, I mean, when that's you're Seinfeld best, money. Yeah, that's about best. right. That's true. Getting oh, in cars with coffee. We both have coffee right now because it's a little late, you know. Nah, man, I got my tea because it's late. Did I did I not tell you I haven't drank caffeine in like six months? I just lost so much respect for you that you're <laughs> drinking tea instead of coffee. It's elderberry, if you oh. want to know. So I'm not sure I want to continue this interview. <laughs> Just shuts it down. Just, Just says, shut you know it what? down. What are you drinking? Elderberry? Is this some Elder, essential right. oil BS? tea yeah it calms my nerves when i have to deal with people like you oh great oh, now, I, now you're gonna pull out the anxiety <laughs> card no okay. i uh truly though i mean i think i stopped because 
I'm not even lying. Like I truly think I was addicted to it, especially like co- coffee specifically. Yeah. Like I would drink a pot a day and that's yeah. not even exaggerating. Like my dad still drinks a pot a day. Mm-hmm. And so like, I grew up like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like he drinks a pot a day. I could drink a pot a day. And yeah. so I started doing that. And then I realized like, I literally could not function without some sort of caffeine or coffee. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't honestly, like once I like went off it for like two weeks, I was so irritable and I was like, cool. Like this world sucks. Like there's no (laughs) caffeine. Like this is the worst. Um, this world sucks. (laughs) I mean, that's truly how I felt. And like, I'm sure someday I will, but because I was having so much random, like health anxiety stuff, Mm -hmm. my heart rate, I would be at work sitting down like this and my heart rate would be at like 105. It's just crazy. sitting down. And I was like, cool, I'm dying. And what's like, a, what was a resting heart rate for you? For me at that time, and it's usually about the same right now, it's between like 69 and 75. Okay, so that's, that's a pretty chilling. big jump. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's not like a, my normal resting was like 90 and it's only yeah. like 10 or 15 above. It right. was like, you know, 30 to 40 significantly. Yeah. yeah. And like I went to the doctor as well. And he honestly said like, you know, a big part of it too was, you know, to lose weight and stuff like that. Right. A lot of times with doctors tell you that, which I was like, yeah, for sure. Like I'm trying. But he said, honestly, like if you're drinking a lot of caffeine, like it's going to be it's going to be up there anyway, like your heart rate's going to be up there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I was like, I just all I do for like a living is I talk to people all day. Like, <laughs> that's like what I I love right. doing that. Why? Why is my heart rate like this? And um, and the doctor was like, well, then how much caffeine? How, how much coffee? And I was like, well, it's just a pot a day. Yeah, like, it's not that much. And he's like, yeah, if, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to bring your heart rate up. Like, so that's what it's going to do. But logically in my brain with my anxiety, that still didn't make my anxiety go down, you know? Mm. So, so yeah, I drink tea now and, yeah. uh, well, good I'm for like you. Half, I'm only, I'm only, only about half as much as happy. Okay. That's, you know, so I'm at a good baseline. You're at a good baseline. <laughs> I'm just basically teetering right on the five to six range. You know what I mean? Like That's I'm right, feeling yeah. okay about like, okay. no, I remember that you went into the doctor and you're like, the doctor's like, well, you got to lose weight. And you're like, is there anything more awkward? <laughs> and then the doctor's saying that to you. You remember it's that? True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About it because it's like, well, you're like, yeah, what am I supposed to say to them? And like, every one yeah. of us have had it. I remember the doctor's like, I was at the doctor one time and they're like, well, a healthy rate, a healthy body lifestyle for you is like 190 pounds. And I'm like, my left leg smoking crack. <laughs> ain't no way. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want? Like, I, I yeah. just like looked at, I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what the powers that be say you're supposed yeah. to be based on your height. That's a minus two. Like, Cause we're the same height. And that's yeah. my mine has always been 190. That's what you gotta be. If and, I was 190, yep. I would be just freaking like yeah. a tadpole. Like I'd look For so sure. small. I'm, well, I, I mean, obviously like, I'd yeah. live longer. But. <laughs> but at what cost, you know? Exactly. At what cost? What cost? cost. Um, yeah, no. And that's actually the thing about that is you're also like, okay, cool. I'll be 190. But would I truly be like happy? Like how much joy would I have in my life? And I'm not right. saying like you have more joy when you're heavier because you that's not always true yeah my knees hurt more yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay but like you're Uh, right though like yeah i probably would be you probably would be happier but i had this like pain in my heel happen you know oh yeah i thought i was similar yeah yeah have you had that and i thought it was when i it was actually in the middle of covid and so obviously i'd gained a ton of weight i read this statistic today that said the average american over covid has gained 30 to 50 pounds and yep. they've kept it on 
since yep. because of quarantine. Yep. So I like think John av- Tyson posted that actually. Did he? he? I, yeah. It was actually a different podcast. Oh, funny. Okay. Yeah. That they it. were talking oh, wow. about it. And they're like, yeah, like every American. And I'm like, holy smokes. And I'm like, that's a yeah, lot of weight, you know, that's to be crazy. carrying. Well, with gyms that were closed too. Like that's exactly. not even that surprising. Yeah. So. And it's winter. Wow. You can't get outside, you know, all that stuff. All those Bears factors. hibernating. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bears hibernating. <laughs> Saving up for winter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bears actually, fun fact, eat a lot of blueberries before they go into hibernation because of the sugar. Anyways, okay, um, that's a fun fact for you. So, but. <laughs> So anyways, my heel was hurting and I thought I had like a bone spur or something. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with my heel? Turns out I got in a weight contest with my dad to where whoever lost the weight contest had to pay for the other to take a trip either to Florida to golf or a snowmobile trip. And I won. And consequently to win, I needed to lose weight. So I lost 38 pounds and then my heel stopped hurting. Wow, that's just because I was fat. So, <laughs> so thirty-eight pounds, your heels will feel always better. That's the magic number right there. Thirty-eight True. pounds. Yeah, but I wish I could get sixty, but you know, thirty-eight. Then you'll I'll be down it. to one ninety at that point, and then you'll be not happy. even. I would. That's even what it is. Close to one ninety <laughs> if I lost sixty. That's so sad. That but it just, is interesting though mm, that like sadness. that honor. It's yeah. sake. Sadness. That's it. I don't think I missed that. What's that from? Are you kidding me? The biggest new girl fan in the world. When he's like, when Nick and Schmidt are like, what do you think about when you want to think about your bachelor party? He's like, let's go to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. True. Honor. (laughs) Sadness. Okay. That's fair. I missed it. Slap you in the face with your new girl coats. That's true. All night. She got squished. Oh, uh, what happened to your wife? She was squished. She was squished. Oh my gosh, Winston. 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 Um, yeah. No, I will say that's been the interesting life of America and COVID and everything is, um, how many things we can actually do. I don't know. I was. I think what made me go crazy a little bit is you don't realize how much stuff you rely on when mm. it all shuts down. Yeah. You know, like even something as simple as like, I don't know, just going to a restaurant, just yep. a random thing like that. You're like, well, shoot, like I don't, t- toilet paper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that was just like, it's a joke of everything, but you're just like, oh my gosh, like what would happen if the world actually shut down like a crazy amount like that? You realize yeah. how many, how, how many things you actually rely on and, and truly how lazy we can actually naturally be. Well, the I think creature comforts, you know, right? How many oh creature comforts do we just live yeah, with, you know? Right. And when those exactly. are all stripped away, I mean, yep. I know like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. are on the rise right now just oh, because insane. of everything yeah. that's going on. Right. So, yeah, man, that's, that's, it's crazy. And I think that plays a big role mm-hmm. in, you know, our mental health and physical health and right. so much. It's so we're not, yeah. uh, we're not simple beings, us humans. No, we no, are it's very true. complex. Right. And I think also just the loss of community that everyone's mm. had, I think has been adding to all of the like depression and anxiety. Like mm-hmm. we are not meant to live in isolation. No. Like we're not. And I, I like, I don't think we were meant to have like a hundred close friends either. Cause that that's way too taxing, even for like right. an extrovert, like that's too taxing to even deal with that. But we are meant to have those close knit group of friends that like, 
challenge us and check in on us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that, if that's, you know, basically taken away from us or the ability to get together with loved ones. And I know we've got zoom, we've got all these things, but man, there were so many physical embraces that have been missed for 2020. Like, for example, my, my grandma passed away, not from COVID, but um, mm. back in things last June, something like that, last summer, I think it was. Right. Um, and she passed away from Alzheimer's. So it wasn't like related. But the thing is, is I wasn't even able to hug her goodbye. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not the yeah. only person that had that issue. No. You know, like I said goodbye, like we didn't know she, when she was going to pass away, but like out, out the window of the yep. nursing home, like that yep. was majority of people's stories, you know? Yeah. And it's the same with like friends and things like that. Like, I'm so thankful that, you know, I got married, you know, a year and a half ago because I could not imagine if I was, you know, by myself. And I know there's a lot of single people that they had to basically work from home by themselves and didn't really have that much physical contact with people. And that's why I think a big part of the depression and anxiety is why was why we're seeing so much of that right now. Yeah, definitely. Because of that. Um, yeah. So well, I'm sorry again yeah. to hear about your grandma. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's interesting because my grandma passed away. At, 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 like the experience, she yes. passed away during COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like we had to have her funeral. And because my right. grandpa was in the army, um, uh, so he was uh, buried at the military um, so it was, grounds. Yeah, so it was my grandpa. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they did like the whole funeral there. Mm-hmm. And it was really crazy because they still did everything. They didn't do the 21 gun salute like right, they did right. before for his yep. funeral. Um, but we were still there outside. And it was just really a, a, yeah. a, a weird time because yes. you're like everyone this at this point, we're so strict. Like they were crazy strict yep. about masks and six feet. And like we all yep. stayed in our cars and only her children. So my parents, um, were able to get out and their, their right. parents oh, and their wow. spouses, obviously. And then everyone else kind of just stood around and right. um, yeah, it was just such a weird thing, you know, yeah. now for my grandma, I mean, I wish she would have passed much sooner to be honest with you. Cause her life fair was fair enough. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, she had yeah. a stroke and so she lost all oh, complete yeah. use of her body. And mm. so she had seven years of just absolute pain Jeez. and she had something called aphasia to where she, she was a hundred percent there, like yeah. smart as a whip, like super sharp, amazing lady, just couldn't communicate. Dang. And there's nothing more painful to watch than someone who is 100% there and mm. cannot communicate. And Jeez. so it was just so interesting yeah. that that happened. And that actually happened to my grandpa as well. Back to back that happened wow. to both of them. So it was such a weird dynamic of what everything that happened and just the kind of how it happened to both of them, I think affected family members and stuff. But it's, it's going back to the piece you talked about communication for people who are single or even people who are in a relationship or live with roommates and stuff. It's still different, you know, like everything's different. So when you are hundred percent there and you can't communicate Mm -hmm. and you know, us humans, any way out, we're going to be able to take, we're going to take it. You know, sure. exactly. like we used to say this in, in leadership um, in Chi Alpha, like, hey, we're going to give you as many off ramps as you want, because if you don't want to do it, just take the off ramp. Exactly. Like, it's true. Like, it's, true. it's OK. Exactly. And a yep. lot of people would take it. And it mm-hmm. was actually good because just hey, to say that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe it's not for you. And that's OK. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. But not everything. We has really to be, need yeah. to communicate and be together. Right. No, I agree with you. And I I think that's 
and I don't know what it is about. Like, I think the whole zoom thing is great and everything like that, but that's not the way it was meant to be. That's not the way we were. That's not the way we were, we were designed. That's not like, yeah, I, I just think, and that's not even just an extrovert thing. Like I even know, like for introverts too, like, I know at first it was funny because like a lot of introverts would post like when the quarantine and everything first started happening last March. Sure. It was like they'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is my favorite. <laughs> but then like you see later, it's like, oh, OK, like I'll take some people now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like you might be an introvert, but like the thing is, is you still need that human connection, like Definitely. just like all of us. And um, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing. Like I haven't been in the office like at work for a year. And to me, that's crazy because one of the reasons that I got that job was because I was like, dang, I love all the people that I can hang out with. Right. And like, I remember that. Yeah. Right. And so I think that was like one of the positives. And while we've still been able to communicate with technology and everything like that, it's not the same. It's just, right. it's just not. And like, just being able to like see your friends, give them a hug and just like look at them in the eyes, like yeah. in the physical eyes, you know, um, is there's something, I don't know, you want to call it spiritual. You can call it whatever. Like, we were designed for that man like yeah. we were designed to see the whites of each other's eyes in person you know yeah. um so yeah i think that's been really tough on a lot of people and definitely i'm kind of it's it's inter- it's going to be very interesting to see you know whatever normal looks like whatever mm-hmm. getting back to it looks like but the ramifications mm-hmm. of this isolation mm-hmm. for the years to come um and honestly there's been people that probably have to deal with a lot of trauma from it too i'm sure you know and uh so that's i think for us to continually think like how can how can we we continue to be you know you know better friends to people that are around us and things like that support yeah support exactly because most people aren't going to ask for it like that's unfortunately the human condition is our pride exactly and we don't want to ask for help because we got this or maybe you feel shame there's a shame factor involved as well but you know like you said zoom is fine for a season um but hopefully as we're approaching you know herd herd immunity and all that good stuff that we can get back to some semblance of norm normalcy i was thinking uh about this the other day about dwight when he's trying to see if oscar is faking sick and he's (laughs) like it's like at the beginning of the office and he's like there's a few ways you can tell if there's a liar, the liar will perspire. The liar won't look you in the eye. You know, the liar will twitch or whatever. Yeah. He's like, unfortunately I talked to him on the phone. <laughs> exactly. All so, those things that you miss, all yeah. those things that you miss when you're not talking to someone face to face, the liar True. will pers- like, you could be sweating profusely right now. You know what I mean? Just sitting in a pool of sweat. I could sweat back. You know what I mean? Sweat back. Oh, Nick, Nick Miller. Good True. Nick Miller. He's good just Nick Miller. Turn around. Let me see. Oh, you told sweat Nick. Back. You told oh, sweat man. back. Yeah. Dude. So let I mean, I think that plays a I think mental health and and struggling with kind of all that stuff is plays a big role in your story. Um oh, yeah. but you know, going back to a little bit of the beginning. I mean, I know you said your dad's a, a full coffee pot type oh, of yeah. guy you know what i mean living the dream so tell me a little bit you grew up in minnesota you grew up in minnetonka area you know Rude. somewhere over there Ain't no cake eaters please oh sorry medina, medina. <laughs> again it's all well, starts with an m and it's in minnesota true. it's near each other that's true but no, it yeah. feels richer to me because there's a golf club in illinois called medina that michael jordan's a member of so oh yeah that's a that's actually a fair reason there's a golf there's a golf club in uh, medina actually 
yeah. Minnesota too. It's called well, Medina, as you oh, would okay. think. You yeah. Know, well, this one has like the PGA Championships added, and you know, Ty- well, this you know Tiger this Woods one been there. Is by Flip Saunders' old house. And so. and, and uh, is he a basketball coach? He was, yeah. He passed away, but he was uh, for the Timberwolves as well as the the Pistons. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Flip, but, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So his house is over by where that Medina Country Club is. Oh anyway. wow! Big yeah. deal alert. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that didn't prove my point or prove your point any less. Exactly. You know? <laughs> What's the difference? Literally, Minnetonka, Medina, same difference. This is the, and I'll I'll get to the the, the background. But the thing is, is so how Highway 55 goes along in Medina, like what goes through like Plymouth, Medina, um, the uh, north side of 55 is where all the rich people live. The south side is where us averages lived. Got it. Yeah. Average isn't a word, but that's where I live. Feel anyway. Free. Yeah. So um, I actually grew up the first 10 years of my life was in a town called Columbia Heights, okay. Minnesota, which is actually right on the border of uh, Minneapolis. Okay. So um, yeah, I think two blocks away is where Minneapolis was. So sure. First 10 years of, of my life definitely was spent there. And just to give the background, um, I came three and a half years after my brother and just the two of us and mom and dad still married. They've been married for since 86. So whatever the math comes out to that. So 34, <laughs> 35, 36 years, whatever it's been 30, something. whatever years. the math comes out to, I yeah, whatever it. the math comes out to. Um, and so we lived there in Columbia Heights and it was great. I mean, you know, it's where you get your first memories from, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, um, we lived there and we moved because our neighbors got egged and there was unfortunately a good amount of gang activity that started to move in the area. And mm. so my, my parents were sort of like, yeah, the, we're, we're, we're out, you know? So we mm-hmm. moved to, you know, out 30 minutes West or so to Medina. And uh, yeah, I went to Wyzetta high school. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Shout, I mean, out. shout out. I mean, they keep asking me for money, but shout out. Um, uh, I would never give money to my high school. No, Shout I was right. I, had a, I surprisingly had a pretty good experience. Um, yeah, me too. But I'm not giving yeah. money to my high school, college, no. especially after Rick Singer's just cheating kids in stinking Harvard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Anyways. true, true. Go yeah, I, I, we didn't have the money to cheat anyone in, anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually no. I was my uh, so my my dad was um, he's done a ton of different jobs throughout his life. Um, you know, blue collar work for sure. You know, he, he's one of those guys and this is one of my favorite stories to tell. So he actually, so he dropped out of high school simply because he, he, this is his words. He knew more than the teachers did. And, <laughs> and truly I could see because, him saying that. Yeah. Cause one of the classes that he took was like a small engines class. So he like builds engines and things like that. And to give context, my, my grandpa was building cars in the you know 50s and 60s and basically taught taught my dad how to start fixing cars when he was 7. Sure. So basically my dad realized when he was in his he was in a small engines class and I think they were making like a motor or not a motorcycle a uh, um, lawnmower or something like that with a lawnmower engine and my dad started arguing with the teacher and was just like, "Oh yeah, this guy doesn't know anything he's talking about." And so <laughs> He left. He basically he he did get his GED, but yeah, he left. He was like, I I don't need to have time for this. Like, I got other things to do. Wow. Um. Yeah. So he ended up he did a lot of different jobs, but he ended up working for a blacktop company that my grandpa actually owned. And uh, so he did that. And uh, then he for large part of my childhood, he was actually an iron worker. Okay. 
Yeah. And so he, you know, built a lot of different buildings, you know, not skyscrapers because Minneapolis doesn't really have skyscrapers per se. Um, but like, you know, big buildings. And one of them, he actually got his arm basically ripped off. Yeah. So um, without being too graphic. What? He ba- yeah. I've never heard this story. I've never heard this story. Yeah. He's got no. a pretty gnarly scar from it. Um, so he basically got from his um, like shoulder, like up to his, like his bicep area. It basically skinned his arm down to like his forearm. Oh yeah. He could see his bicep and everything like that. Like he, yeah, he was like flexing it and he could what? see it and everything. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was rough. That was, I think when I was in seventh grade, something like that. So, yikes! and he was back to the job site, I think three, three to six weeks later, I forget oh exactly how long goodness. it was, but he was like, he, he, he's one of those guys though. That was just sort of, I mean, yeah. growing up, it was like, we got a job to do. Yeah. Like, and he, he, his mantra was always, Hey, chicks dig scars. So whatever. Like that was honestly <laughs> like, and he then he'd look over at my mom and be like, that's true. Right. Like you still do. Right. And so she's like, yeah, be you know, whatever. Um, so just a little taste of kind of who rock more is. I mean, his yes. name is rock. So you can't, uh, got to live up to that name. Although exactly. I say with a swift he, kick to the face, he'll <laughs> knock you out. He actually hated. He actually doesn't like his name. On a side note, really, yeah, really, and and it's actually. I a, can't imagine why. Yeah, because when he was, you know, eleven, twelve, people would think, "Oh, so you're like, you know, Rocky? Okay, so you think you can, you think you could take me on?" So, yeah, that happened a lot. So he got in a lot of fights. Um, not just because of his name. He probably started a lot of them. But. You know what? We should get him. <laughs> we should get him one of those like bouncy balls, and and a leather jacket, and just send it to him in a care package, and be like, "Yo, Rock." He'd go, bro. He'd burn it for sure. He'd he just would. throw on the he throw on the fire. I mean, we'd send it anonymously, obviously. Oh, true. true. Unless probably... he's listening to this podcast. He Definitely. might. Let's get real. I don't think yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be like, let's try to open this thing. Ah, frick you guys. I'm out. Do you want to tell that story of when he came to church? <laughs> what <laughs> he came to church Easter, and he was like, I think. Was Yeah, what did he say? He's like, Yeah, happy Easter and uh, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh great to see you. Oh, oh no, he said and that? all that right. stuff. And all yeah. that stuff. Happy Easter and, and all that stuff. And that, <laughs> that was fair. That was yeah. my most genuine greeting of the day. Everyone yeah. else was like, Oh, praise be the lamb. Hey, happy Easter and all that stuff. Hey, you know yeah, what? No, he's in the tap. I appreciate yep. it. No, he's definitely one of the most genuine genuine people for sure. He's Absolutely. I think that's one of I think one of the things that I've always taken from him is like just be yourself. Like at yeah. the end of the day, like people might not like you for being yourself, but at the end of the day, you don't want to be around those people anyway. Right. And like, that's, I've always looked up to him for that yeah. amongst many other things, but that's definitely one of those things that I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm always going to have a big part of like immaturity in my brain and I'm going to live with that. And I'm okay yeah. with that. You know, yeah. I don't feel like I have a desire to change that. And he's a big part of that. So for sure. And he, he has a good time. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, so he's always been doing, you know, basically working with his hands. You know, if he's not working with his hands, he doesn't he doesn't want to do it. Um, and so that, uh, you know, you know, grew up basically like, oh, get out in the garage, you know, go do this, you know? Right. So it's like dad at seven o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. I've been up for three hours. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that wasn't my point, but it's still a Saturday and it's seven. Um, yeah. my mom is basically completely opposite mm-hmm. and, uh, she grew up in St. Paul and, uh, she definitely like, she, you know, went to college, did all that stuff. She was an, a human resources director at um, a college, actually, at Hennepin Technical College for 15 or 20 years, I think it was. Awesome. And she just retired a couple years ago. And yeah. so 
Um, for her, I mean, she brings the sanity, I think, to what the insanity that my dad can bring. And definitely they level each other out. Growing up, we would always say if my mom had like died early on or if it was just my dad raising us, we'd be monsters. <laughs> but if it was the other way around and it was my mom raising us, um, <laughs> we would uh, be like, I don't know what she's like, something like pathetic, like insufferable. Just, insufferable basically like oh yeah. mom can i do this um somebody yelled at me today you're 30 <laughs> who cares if they yelled at you so that's why I like having growing up with both like just the, the and it's funny too because my dad is a pretty strong conservative and my mom is you know especially working the education system pretty strong liberal mm -hmm. and while they haven't always voted for the presidents that are quote-unquote democrat or republican that's where they have they have always lined up so the only fights that they tend to have are around politics so they tend not to talk about politics too much okay. so um so anyway that's, an that's kind of a dynamic for sure yeah for sure and so like so anyway growing up um with them as parents was always a good time and then i think and have my brother kyle as you know he's three and a half years older he is the complete opposite of me in probably every single way and yet we spent every minute together growing right. up and like yeah. you know truly like my first best friend and everything yeah. like that um he would you know beat me up every day and he even like so when i started to gain weight as a kid he never did but he would still beat me up it was one of those things where i was like probably 60 pounds more than him and he would still like come up he'd come up to me randomly he would like slowly put his knuckle right here like you find that my bone the bone right there in your shoulder uh-huh and he would just put his like his middle finger the knuckle and then lift up and then smack it right on the bone he would just randomly come up and do that um, but he's a father now. So <laughs> some, some sort of sanity came back to him, yep. but yeah, he, he would randomly just do that. And, uh, it was funny though, cause you know, as siblings go, he definitely was, you know, one of the ones that I'm like, he, now, he, I mean, he's still super introverted. Um, doesn't really like people that much. And I'm like, Oh, hello friends that I just met. Yeah. Um, super so, opposite in that way. And also yeah. shout out, shout out to him. Oh, just yes. getting into the space force. I mean, come on, let's just, mm -hmm. I mean, that's right. Come on. Tax dollars paying space force instead of the air force. So cool. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe you think he will ever meet Elon, you know, you know what? It's funny because obviously, so he's stationed my brother who context he was in he's been in the air force for 16 years and he just basically en not, not enlisted but he just got into the space force right like he and, had to um, apply to get in yes, it's a new exactly. branch yeah right exactly so um and where he's stationed out of is vandenberg air force base in california and that's actually where spacex does the launches let's so he sees go. them all the time he sees the spacex launches and he's he's got i think five or six more years left and i don't know what his plan is but i can for sure see him wanting to work for spacex if he can in the future that'd be after so he, cool yeah oh my gosh that'd be amazing so wow yeah so well anyway. congrats to him that's a that's yeah. a huge accomplishment i think you should tell the story of the uh of the sword you know oh, the infamous sword now i realize being a podcast people can't see this but you know you can always ask him about it and i'll send you a picture but i have a <laughs> i have a star. that's a dangerous statement my friend that's fair that's fair okay don't don't ask me for a picture of my head um anyway i've got um a scar right above my i think it's my left one right yeah my left uh um eyebrow and uh it's from a sword and i will give context for that so my brother and i we were hanging out dad was asleep because he had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning my mom was at a, like a late work meeting and uh my brother collects collected swords and uh 
my grandma would always give them swords for Christmas. I don't know why, but so these just, aren't like play yeah. swords. They're like real swords. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, exactly. No, they're very, very razor sharp swords. Okay. Um, and like truly been forged. Like some of them were like the like William Wallace swords. Yeah, like William Wallace swords. And he had a few katanas, but the katanas weren't like sharp. They were still, they looked really cool, but there was a, most of his swords were actually like razor sharp. Okay. One of them specifically, this am is I supposed one, to know yeah. what katana means? Oh, that's fair. It's like a Japanese um, samurai type of sword. Okay, but are those not sharp? Hey, Jamie, or something? can you look that up? Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's like you said katana, like in such passing. Like I'm supposed to know what the heck you're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, it's katana. Yeah, it's the katana. I wear okay. I wear a kimono when I yes. Use it. Um. Anyway, so swords and okay. this one specific sword um had like. And the handle had all these like dragons on it or whatever. And uh, he he had just started dating this girl who lived in Washington state. And we were like talking to her and her friend on the webcam. And he was like, hey, I'm going to pretend to stab you. And then you like freak out. Like, well, let's just freak him out. And I was like, that's hilarious. Let's do it. <laughs> and um, so he does it. And when he goes to do it, and I have to remember exactly how it was. He put his hand over here because it was all about like the webcam was over there. He's going to pretend like he's stabbing me. So he pushed my head like he grabbed my head on the one side and then he thrust the sword. But he he when he touched my head, he thrust the sword at the same time. And so he actually ended up pushing my head a little bit. And then the sword went straight into my head. <laughs> yep. Straight in. And it was. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty close to my eye. And yeah. uh so I freaked out. I mean, I, I remember just like putting my hand over it and like I looked and there was just blood all over my so hand. So it was part he, of the it was part of the joke, though. Like, right. Was, of course. <laughs> like stab me in the face, like yeah. actually stab me in the face. <laughs> and uh, he dropped the sword. He freaked out. He turned. He cut like the video, the webcam feed and was just and we were both kind of freaking out. Um, now, luckily, I had just drank two energy drinks before, like 15 minutes before this happened. So I was starting to feel like, oh, damn, this is crazy. Like, oh, my God. Look at my head. Like, I was like, like actually playing with where the wound was. Oh, and I was like, that's crazy. But then I told my brother, I was like, I need stitches. Like, I, we need to wake up dad. And that's like the scariest thing to ever oh, yeah. think of is waking up rock when he has to work at 430 in the morning. <laughs> and so we uh, we woke him up and I was like, dad, what? And I was like, um, Kyle stabbed me in the head. And he was like, what? And I like showed him and no joke. This is what he did. He put a bandaid on it and then put some duct tape over it and said, your mom will be home soon. Yes. And then he went back to bed. <laughs> and so my mom was home soon. And I, you know, I told her what it was and we went. So we went to the emergency room. I think I got like six stitches and they ended up saying that it was like a couple millimeters away from my temporal artery oh or something like that. Gosh. Yeah. So could have been really bad. Um, and I could have been blinded, obviously, because it was, you know, you know, an inch or two above my eye. So, so anyway, that's always a fun story. And again, my brother, I just have to say this again. My brother is married to two kids now. So yeah. he turned so, out OK. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. But if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, let's make sure that you don't go anywhere near swords ever again. True. This is true. Yes. You know, space stuff. Idea. Cool. Mars. <laughs> cool. Sweet. You know what yep. I mean? Elon, when he like shows himself as the alien, cool, cool. but not swords, <laughs> not swords. No, stay away from that. Yeah, no, for real. Oh, and ironically, uh, a few months later, I had that sword in my room and 
it had fallen over and it was on under some blankets and I walked into it. Oh, my goodness. foot went, it went like three inches into my foot. It cut some like the stitches? webbing. No, I, my dad put some, he says, put some duct tape on it. Wear two, two socks to school tomorrow. You'll be fine. <laughs> so I love the, there's so many things I can relate to in anyone. Oh yeah. Listening to this can waking up your parent when oh, you've done something stupid most frightening thing in the world most frightening or like as an older sibling like your brother oh, i, I couldn't imagine yeah when all of a sudden you know your younger sibling is running in after you've accidentally pelted them in the head with a baseball oh, in my, for ca- sure. my case or <laughs> no. you know whatever and it's just like you're sitting there like don't tell don't tell them like it's don't fine tell them. you're it's gonna fine. be fine you know like i'm just sure he had that moment the of eyes. like no yeah. we don't we don't need to tell dad like let's just and I no, he also, did. He did for sure. He was like, oh, yeah. no, no, we don't have to. And I was like, no, we have to. Like, no, we no, no, we have to. We have also to. duct tape your foot and wear two socks to school. Like Dude, my foot my... hurt so bad the next day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like limping. And like it was just horrible. I mean, I don't even think I have a scar. I mean, if I have a scar there anymore, I'm not going to look because feet are gross. But like I didn't even think about it. So who knows? But no, oh, I was my goodness. And this I love that. Could or this you can edit this out if you need to. But I looked at my foot and I could actually see like the fat in my feet. Ugh. Like, yeah, that's how deep it went down. Like it cut deep. So no, and that people sore, need to hear that. We can't. They need to hear out. it. Not that I have like fat feet, but, you know, you have fat. Just shut up, everybody. <laughs> uh, there goes Zach. Good old fat foot. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now we got a picture of your childhood. You know, you got, you know, rock, you got mom, you know, you got the older brother. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think kind of as you're growing up in this has shaped you the most? Like, you know, I guess you're talking high school, talking college, you can go wherever, but what do you think kind of has shaped you from that experience? Yeah. I mean, truly, I think it's just, I'm trying to think of not like a non-cliche answer, but like, I feel like there's no cli- non-cliche answers. Like all cliches end up being true. Well, that's what I'm that's finding. That's a in my good life. point. No, that's actually true. We I mean, just hate I w- saying them because we want to be original. We, we want to be a butterfly. Original thought. Yeah, <laughs> I'm unique. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I would say relationships. Um, probably, but like, because every relationship I've had, good, and I mean relationship, but like friendships, like with people, you know. Um, everyone that I've had, good and bad. Um, put me on a trajectory of either something good or something bad. Mm. And because of my personality, and again, on every podcast you ever do, you talk about the Enneagram. And it took me forever to actually find it. But after reading the book, um, the, oh, I can't think of the name right now. I just read it a few weeks ago. The Road Back to You. They were, yeah, I was um, going to say. I know. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, I discovered, and I'm pretty confident in this, that I'm a, I'm a two. Mm-hmm. And after reading a lot of the things of like, dang, like not just being a people pleaser, but just like, sure, how much like, people like the thoughts of like other people have an effect on me right like i'm not one of those people that like oh the opinions of others who cares like i'm like i get that on paper but i care yeah (laughs) you know like that's what it's always been like for me and it's funny because um like i've always like the like i can always remember every good thing and bad thing the majority of people have said to me and one thing like for example just always you know for the most part since like third or fourth grade is when I started to get bigger. You know, that's when I started to gain more weight. Well, in sixth grade, and I remember this, gosh, like, yeah, I remember like it was yesterday, like as cliche as that is too. But basically I, so I played trumpet. Okay. So first of all, laugh at that, but um, no, why so, trumpet's incredible. I played I know, trumpet. But just thinking of chubby me playing trumpet. Yeah. Like, but my, dude, just my cheeks blowing up. Just, you know, <laughs> 
just own it. Trumpet's yeah. one of the coolest instruments. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's the only one that I could play, but there's nothing cooler than a trumpet just coming into a song, just rocking it. You know what I mean? Unless your dad tells you to shut up and stop playing it when you're trying to practice. Oh, but father wound right there. Anyways, <laughs> just stabbed it. Um. Anyway, no. So I play trumpet with a kimono. Wait, no. What did you say? A cajon? Katana. Katana. <laughs> the settlers of Katana. Oh my God. Go ahead. Um. No. So. Basically, I was on the bus and um, I had my trumpet, whatever. And I was it was, I don't know, December, January or whatever. And the bus got to school late. And so I was like, shoot, I have to get to my first class. Sixth grade, I'm running and I got, you know, backpack on. I got my trumpet case. I'm running, I'm running, running. And then this kid, he was in seventh grade. I don't remember his name. Um, He looked at like he looked over as I was running and he goes, I'll keep running, fatty. And like I was and i remember i looked at him and i said what do you think i'm doing like it was just one of those things where my split reaction was like you know of course i'm running like what yeah. do you think i'm doing you know just right. the fact that he had to like just call me fatty when he you know mm. when i was running um mm-hmm. well like 10 seconds later as i'm getting up to the school there were like three steps i fell i slipped my trumpet just came the most embarrassing oh, so not only no. did this this bully call me fat while i was running I now just fell in probably front of 40 or 50 people. Oh yeah. And it's the immediate bust out laughing. I'm yes. sure. Oh, it was for sure. And like, I picked up my trumpet just like, cause it like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it fell out of its case. You know, that yeah. just would be like extra. Yeah. Icing I'm imagining like a Disney channel for moment sure. here. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, is that's just a memory that like, that was a label that was placed on me mm. so early. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I was like, dang, like this okay, that's fine. I'll just go through. I don't remember anything else that happened that day, but I remember that. Hmm. And then, you know, I remember just like being like, okay, well, people will, then I realized I'm kind of funny. Like I can make jokes. Like people will laugh at the things I say. And that tends to take out, take away from the attention of my weight. Mm -hmm. And so then, but then what I did too, is I realized the best way for someone to to get ahead of someone calling me fat is I'm going to make fun of myself first. Sure. And I still do that today. Like, yeah. it's still something that I'm like, I don't know if, I, if I'm ever going to get away from it. And like, I personally like self-deprecating humor because it keeps me humble. Right. But nonetheless, like a big part of that is because if like, for example, if I'd walk into a room and there was a chair there, I'd be like, I hope this supports me. Yeah. You know, I would say it because I had a fear that someone else would say it first. Right. So it's like, if you I had I a fear that they back. are thinking that already. Right. Exactly. So it's like, okay, well, let me just, let me just get ahead of this. Mm. Um, And so that honestly was a big part of like, you know, my middle school, high school, and like truly, I didn't get too crazy into drugs or anything like that. Like, I just I like drinking a lot just because, again, where there's where there's drinking, there's people. Mm-hmm. You know what I, you know what I mean? And so, so the like, social component. It wasn't social, like you're an right. alcoholic in high no. school. It was just hey, I like to be with people. Right, exactly. And like, I mean, honestly, people are gonna laugh more when they're drunk. So I was just sort of like, sweet, I can make relatively crappy jokes, and they're still gonna laugh. You know, <laughs> um, and so like that was sort of my scene, you know, I was just the, sure. you know, fun loving guy, you know, and, um, you know, there was just a lot of things that happened specifically in high school. Again, I wasn't like a bad person per se. Um, but I was selfish, you know, you just think of the things you're like, no, I just wanted to do life for me. And like, that was really selfishness was probably the biggest thing was like, I wanted to be around people, but I also like, was like, no, I want to do things that feel good. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think that's sort of there were a lot of things that happened with that. And I didn't really get bullied like ever for the most part, except for those few random moments that someone would say something about my weight. 
Sure. You know, um, and again, a, a big part that like made me a lot of like, in, like insecurity was every girl that I liked only wanted to be friends with me. Sure. And that was something that I think looking back on now being married, it's just like, Zach, why did you freak out so much? You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. so much of it was like, you know, and not only that, you you get friends on, it's worse to get brothers owned. You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> I don't see, I see you as a brother. You're like a brother to me. Yeah. And like, that's usually what I got. And which I like, I understood because like, I was okay with being a good friend. Like I wasn't right. trying to like manipulate, you know, women to try to like, you know, Oh, let's hang out. Like whatever. Maybe you'll like me. Like it was truly like one of those things where I was like, no, I, 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 I mean, you're in my life and you're a girl. So I have a crush on you. I had a crush right. on probably every girl. Like, and I don't know why that was, but it was so much. So where it was like, if I stopped liking someone or if they rejected me, I almost automatically was like, okay, who do I like now? Do you think that goes back to your Enneagram too? Because Ooh, of yeah. the fact of that, so much of people's opinions shapes your identity mm-hmm. of who yeah. you are. Like, I think if so. someone doesn't like you, it really bothers you. So in yeah. order to deal with that pain, you find yeah. someone else who might For fill sure. that void. Yep. I think that's good. That's, that's, I'd probably agree hundred percent. And I think that's that can be super unhealthy you know what i mean because for sure yeah. you know relationships obviously you want your friends with someone you hope they like you right um but if that's all you're seeking and that's all you're looking for um then you know you're you're gonna be unhappy for your whole life and like and you're gonna be honestly insufferable because the people exactly around you like uh, you know and that's gonna be the worst part is you know people the can worst part that is that too. they know that you need it Exactly. So when they know that you need it, then yeah. no one wants to actually give it to you because they're like, right. well, I don't want to give you something when you're just begging, you know? Right. Nobody likes that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so high school, you know, it was, it was fun. I, you know, I would say average, but I was pretty, I was relatively a little bit below average when it comes down to school because I was like, um, I was a class clown. So I, you know, I'd get a C, maybe a, a D minus or D plus, hopefully. Um, and that's all I really cared about because these get degrees, my friend. It's just maybe it because you weren't focused, right? Well, no, I wasn't because the thing is I was focused on, you know, my friends in my class and sure. the joke was, and I'm, a, I'm friends with a few of my high school teachers and stuff like that. And I always make, like, I've had a few comments before where there's a meme going around where it's like, has these kids saying, Hey, good luck moving me. Cause I'm friends with everybody in the class. Yeah. And, like I shared that once <laughs> and like three or four of my high school, like teachers were like, Yup, that was a struggle every single time because you were always talking to everybody. Yeah, and like so that was just who we I can't who I, shut this kid up. No, exactly. It's like, well, if he did more time on his homework, he probably would have got a better GPA and gotten You're a right. better college. You know? Um, but what are you so, saying about our college? Hey, I went to just two kidding. colleges before I went to North Central. I love. I actually prefer North Central over all of them. So, oh, shout uh, out, shout out North Central, but stop sending me mail to pay. Um. <laughs> Anyway, um, so that was sort of the the overall attitude of kind of who I was and everything. But the whole time I was still looking for something like I was still and this is something that I don't mind sharing because it was such a big part of my life. But from probably, gosh, I would say fourth or fifth grade um, and all the way through like up through middle school, high school, I had, you know, had a pretty big porn addiction. Hmm. And again, that probably goes to the being rejected, wanting to be wanted, wanted, you know, it's that thought process that you go through. That's like, well, these, you know, beautiful women, um, maybe they'll, you know, you have this weird thing where you're like, they're going to want me, but it's like, it's a, it's fake, you know, it's all fake. And so honestly, I would spend summers like basically 
not going to bed until four in the morning, waking up at 11, you know, in the morning, going to work, coming back, doing the same thing over and over and over. And like, that was for so long. I mean, I like did a rough math once when I was, I don't know, I don't know why you should do this, but I did the math of like, how many hours have you roughly looked at porn and no joke. I think it's up upwards of like six to 12 months of my life Mm. was spent looking at porn. And once I did that, I wish I could say, Oh, I was gone right away. No more porn for me, but that's not the way it works. Um, But that was like such a big part of my life. And um, I was just sort of like wrapped up in that. And so I was like, okay, well, and I didn't really have a problem with it in the sense of like, I didn't think what I was doing was bad, you know? Um, but I knew that like, you know, I was just sort of in, in the mindset of, well, no girl's ever going to love me. So I might as well just keep, keep looking at porn, just keep doing this. And like, honestly, I was so open about it with my friends. My friends knew, like my friends knew that I was the guy that like looked at porn all the time. And mm-hmm. I like, I had zero shame about it. Sure. Like I would take almost pride in like knowing all these gross facts about all these different things. And like, they would laugh about it, find it funny, whatever. And like, obviously I had sadness when I would do that. Cause I'm like, yeah, but you guys have girlfriends. I don't have those. And right. I don't have a girlfriend, you know? And then I like got my first girlfriend and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, this is so sweet. Um, and you know, again, first relationship, you know, it just first relationship props. Um, she was great. Um, but you know, we, we actually ended up, we did end up having, you know, we, we, we had sex. I lost my virginity to her and um, you know, at the time I was like, I'm a man, like, this is what being a man is. Cause that's what culture tells you. Right. Right. Like, Hey, you had sex, you've done it. You've made it. Like I was bragging about it. You know what I mean? I was right. just sort of like, Hey, this is like, validate me. Right. Like validate me now. This is, this is, I'm a man now. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like, and that the relationship, like it wasn't necessarily unhealthy. It's just, that's all it was, which is pretty right. healthy, I guess. Right. Um, and so she actually ended up cheating on me. So my first relationship that I ever had, and she cheats on me with a good friend of mine, actually. And Yikes. so, yeah, so that messed me up. And like, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> Back to porn. It is, I guess, you know, right. that's sort of where it was like, I went through that. And then weirdly enough, a few months later, I started dating um, one of my friend's cousins, actually. And she was great. So sweet. So nice. She came from like a nice Christian family. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, she's not going to cheat on me. I can trust her. Um, and then um, her biggest thing was like, hey, Zach, I know you like drinking, but like one of my cousins actually, you know, died from from um, alcohol. Like he drank a whole thing of Listerine and killed himself. Wow. Because he, Yeah. So he, she was like, I just I don't I don't want you to drink. And I was like, oh, dang. OK. And I like this girl so much that I was like, fine, I won't drink then. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Well, you know, a couple months into dating, um, I went to a party um, and I was like, oh, I'll just hang out, have fun. But of course, I started drinking, started drinking. And then I ended up cheating on her. Hmm. Yeah. And like, that's just crazy. Right. Like, I know what the hurt was. Right. To be cheated on. And yet and I'm not a, I hate people. Make, I hate when people make excuses like, well, you were drunk. You probably wouldn't have done it if you were sober. And I'm like, you might be right. Like, that could be potentially true. But at the end of the day, I still did. It doesn't change the fact of what I did. Sure. You know, so like that was still a part of me. So anyway, I ended up, I did that. And I, the next day I saw her and I told her, like, I could not deal with having the shit. I don't know, the shame of, of just trying to go through a normal relationship after doing that. So I told her and, you know, she said, well, I'm going on a mission trip. I'll get back in a week and we'll talk then it's the longest week of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was hoping, I mean, I, I had a rel- I mean, I was confirmed as a Christian, well, confirmed um, in the Lutheran church in, in middle school. So 
my view towards God and all things like that was all I have to do is just agree that God exists, disagree with atheists, and I'll go to heaven. And that's all mm-hmm. I need to do. That was mm-hmm. my simple theology. And that's all it was. So when she went on this mission trip, I was like, I'm good. Me and God, we're good. I got, I got confirmed. It's going to work out. And so she came back and broke up with me. <laughs> simple as that. And, and really her reason, weirdly enough, wasn't about the cheating. It was about the fact that she asked me not to drink and I did. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting, but I was like, no, don't be mad at me about that. Be mad at me about the cheating. Like, right. But, but anyway, so, um, but she was, she was very sweet. She actually gave me a hug before, like after she broke up with me, she goes, Hey, can I have a hug? And I was like, Holy crap. Like that probably that alone, her, her act of hugging me after breaking up with me was probably healed me for like, probably saved me from a good amount of issues that I might've had in the future. Sure. Um, but anyway, um, shortly after that, um, I didn't get into too many crazy crime things, but I, Egged a few houses, got into, you know, hanging with my friends and we're like, and this was the summer before senior year. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a senior year. This is going to be the greatest thing. And there was this guy that we didn't really like. And we were like, let's go put sugar in his gas tank in his Hummer. Yeah. Because yeah. Context sugar would ruin your uh, ruins a gas. I mean, just Big ruins time. a car. Big yeah. time. And, uh, and so that's not like a it. cheap car. No, not a cheap car. It's a Hummer two at the time. Yikes. Um, yeah. So, and we like egged his boat and we say his, he was in high school. It was all his parents stuff. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it was like, he was like 16 or 17. None of it was his, it was all his parents. Um, and so we, you know, did all that stuff. We thought we were good. We're like, Oh my gosh, that was crazy. Can't believe that happened. Um, and then like, like a week later I go to like, I think we we're signing up for classes like for the senior year. And I get a call from my mom and said, yeah, Hey, so there's a detective at the house. So you should probably come back home. And I was thinking like, what have I done? Like, I didn't even think about the whole egging thing. Sure. I was just trying to think like rack my brain. So showed up, I told him the truth. I wasn't like, I'm not, I was, I didn't really care about narking at the time. Cause I was like, ah, I don't want to get in that much more trouble. Yeah. I'm just going to tell the truth. So, um, all that to be said, like that was just not good. It was we had to pay all this restitution, all that kind, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, my first, the first month into my senior year, I got invited to this youth group, and the youth group was like a quarter mile from my house. Hmm. And it was weird because one friend invited me, and then another friend who didn't even know that that first friend invited me as well. So I got a separate invite from two people who didn't know each other, and at the time. I had this feeling. I didn't know what the feeling was. I later found out that I'm pretty sure it was the Holy spirit. Cause it was just saying you should go, you should yeah. go. Yeah. So I, I showed up and, uh, that night, you know, typical sort of youth group night, um, you know, had some songs, had a message. And the message was basically talking about like, Hey, like if you're looking at porn and I was like, you're talking about porn, we're in a church thing. Like, <laughs> why are you talking about sex? Why are you talking about all this stuff? Like, God is going to hear you. Yeah. I like think that's sort of like, but I was, but he was basically saying like, God doesn't want you to do that. And then I was like, Oh shoot, I've been doing that. And then like, yeah. God doesn't want you to get drunk. And I'm like, Oh, I've been doing that. And it was just like, you know, checking off all the boxes. And like that night was basically my first night as, as you know, found out later, but I basically went home, dusted off the Bible I had and just started reading the Bible. And that was like my first night of becoming a Christian. And like, again, life was not perfect after that, but you know, that change started to happen. And so my senior year of high school, I felt like a call into, into ministry, into like being a pastor. And I was like, this is crazy. I've done too many sinful things. There's no way that I can be a pastor. Right. Um, and so basically, uh, what I decided to do is get my generals out of community college and then tr- uh, ended up transferring to North central, both of our alma maters. 
Um, Dude, that's, so, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, thanks for sharing yeah, all of that. Of that's, that's a lot of, of yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's super, I appreciate that's so vulnerable and um, I really appreciate your transparency. I think, yeah, of course. you know, bringing off the stigmatism of people who've struggled with things like pornography, I have, you have, yep. every yep. dude in the world has really? a lot yeah. of, you know, statistically, a lot of women in the world have, yep. I mean, yep. So, True. you know, I think it's something and, and at the time when you're in it, you're looking for validation and you don't understand yeah. the harms of your, that's happening to no. yourself, but you also it's don't true. understand the ramifications that are going to yeah. other people across the world. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing that has really changed both of our yeah. hearts that we've both been in the 30 for freedom where we understand that that yep. whole industry is tied directly to sex trafficking. Directly, exactly. And so yep. when you understand that it's kind of like, Oh, it's not just like a fun thing of like, these are adults consenting. It's like, no, right. no, no, this is, this is yep. different. So yep. anyways, I appreciate yep. your transparency about that. Yep. You know, I think that's, it's, yeah, it's great to, you know, when you're able to be vulnerable, when you're able to bring it to the light, you know yeah exactly but i, but I think like true. what you're saying like you're just trying to find that validation who, yeah. who wasn't trying to find that validation right exactly i mean everyone was yeah in, in all of those situations in those those are very formative years in our lives yeah you yep. know and so you're searching and you're searching and what a right. crazy story that two separate people from the same youth group right you know yep. invited yeah inviting you so what was your, when you're walking into that I mean, yeah. obviously, like you said, you've been confirmed, right? You know, you've been to church before. Maybe yep. this is a little bit different. You kind of yep. are like, oh, I'm good, you yeah. know, yep. and then you have this weird feeling that something's speaking to you like yes. you should go. Yeah. You know, was that the first time you kind of felt that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think here. I mean, I guess the first time that I felt it, that I remember it. Like okay. if I ever felt it before that, never really remembered it, sure. you know, so it wasn't necessarily super impactful. So maybe um, it was the first time that you really recognized. Yeah, for sure. And I think like there, when I walked in, it was crazy. And then my friend, my good friend, Mitch, he told me this later. Um, He was there and I remember he told me this a few years later. He goes, yeah, when you first walked in, I was like, what is Zach doing here? Hmm. And so that's sort of like, that's not like a place that I would have showed up at, you know? And so it was, it was really funny that like a lot of people that I knew from high school were there. None of them judged me, but they were just like, Oh, Hey Zach, like, cool. Nice to see you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I became involved in that ministry for gosh, three or four years, um, like small group leader and things like that. And that's um, when you were at North central, you were still helping out there. Um, for the first year or so is when I stopped because then school and work, it was just one of those things where, yeah, you know, tough yeah, to up to back. North central. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Cause up until, so basically from 2010 to 2013, about halfway through 2013 is how long I helped with that. So, yeah. um, and that was a great transformative time in my life. I mean, learning Bible studies. I mean, it was one of those things to give you a perspective of like how, especially when you become a Christian, you are not perfect right away, not even close. Um, about six months in, like after that, I, I came to a Bible study and, uh, well, I had this again, shows I wasn't perfect. Um, there was a girl that like I had liked and she liked me. Well, anyway, I showed up to a Bible study with hickeys on both sides of my neck <laughs> and, uh, I didn't think much of it. I was just walking in like, Oh, time for Bible study. And then my, the, my buddy whose house it was at, he goes, uh, nice, uh, hickeys on your neck, Zach. And I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, I know. So what are we reading first Peter today? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so like that just goes, I mean, I always think back to that and like realizing how, you know, 
messy, you know, being a Christian can be because like somebody could have seen me that time and seen that and been like, oh, he's not a Christian at all. Right. You know what I mean? But like there was so much that was being transformed to me. Nick. it was a process for sure. It still is, you know, a process. Absolutely. But, it is um, until death. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was something for me that I was like, OK, you know what? I've always had I've always loved people like I've always had a strong love for people and re- relationships and things like that. And getting into the ministry, like getting into like, OK, wait, I think God's calling me to like do what this guy did for me, like, like showing me Jesus, you know? And so I, when I started to feel that call and went to North central, that was for sure, probably one of the more exciting things in my life. And, you know, I had friends and family members that were sort of like, are you sure pastors don't make that much money? Yeah. Like, are you sure you want to do that? And like, I was so like cynical, well, not cynical, whatever the opposite of cynical is. Um, Optimistic. yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, I should look at him. He's got a dictionary by him. He just knew that one so fast. I feel like that's a basic word. But <laughs> that's a whatever. basic word. That's easy. Everyone else is like, duh, Zach. Duh. Anyway, um, it's that it's, tea because you're not drinking coffee, so you're not. That's sharp. true. My, my sharp. I'm dull. Anyway, um, my like literally, I was like, well, no, I'm gonna be a pastor. I'm pastors don't retire. I'm just gonna keep working. I don't need to retire. That's not true. Lord Jesus. help. No, I know. And like, that was obviously before I got to like, you know, before I went to college and like, like, Oh, that's not exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, Well, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot of misconceptions, but obviously you had a lot of passion for people. Right. And that's really what led you into wanting to do this full time. Right. And that was something that like, you know, it's interesting just kind of how life worked out. You know, I, went to North Central, got my degree, my pastoral studies degree. And like, obviously throughout all that, you know, joined Chi Alpha as an intern there for two years under yours, not yours truly, whatever the opposite of yours truly is under you. <laughs> what is it? So you'd have to say it, but whatever that is. Yeah. So, yeah, but I wouldn't say that because that's hecka arrogant. True. See so how I didn't say truly, hella there because it's that's true, but I just said it. Dang it. Dang it. Do we have to change this? To hey, explicit? Jamie, can you edit that up? Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, that was actually, you know, for sure. Like my first, like, you know, church planning, Chi Alpha missionary, like mm-hmm. pastoral type of responsibilities and roles and small groups, like in regards to like, Oh, like these are college students now, right. you know? Um, and I learned so much and I think like that was such an exciting time. Um, and then, you know, after that I was feeling called to be, you know, help plant like uh, St. Paul, um, Chi Alpha with Brent Silkey. Who you, who you just had on recently. Um, and that was a super exciting time. Like I followed the call and I ended up being like the men's ministry pastor there for a few years Sure, and it was so good. And it was so like being able to like preach, being able to like, you know, write sermons, speak to people about Jesus. Like it's that passion and that joy that you just, you know, that you were made for this, you know? Yeah. And like, that was so good. And then it was crazy because then I started to have a lot of anxiety and then I started mm. to have like panic attacks. And then I started to feel like all these crazy things are happening. Sure. Um, and I was trying to figure out why, like I was trying to pinpoint it and I just was just like, dang, like, I think and a big part of this is, you know, being a missionary with Kyle, Alpha, you have to raise your own support. And I don't mind saying this, but like, just for me, support raising did not go, was not going well. I, for the majority of the time was making between four and $600 a month. Yeah, I mean it's difficult for everybody, but yes, it always yeah. depends on your network, right? And right. 
And and so if you didn't grow up in a huge Christian network, right. maybe you went to a small church, yep. or maybe your family is not saved, and so right. you're asking them for money to for this mission. They're kind of like, well, what? Why would I what, give what is get a about? job? You know for what I mean? Sure, exactly. So it's yep. it's, it's very situation yep. situational, I should yeah. say. Um, and so yeah, it's yeah, it, but it varies. It's definitely difficult for sure. Like, I can emphasize for... there. Oh, yeah. And it's a case by case basis for sure. When it comes down to kind of help some people just kill it. And they're like, this was this was stressful, but we're good. We're fully funded. And that just wasn't a story for me. So like I ended up getting, you know, a part time job at Lifeway Christian Bookstores. You know, they're still around, but not the bookstores themselves. The company is still around. But um, really, I, love I didn't know that. Yep. So they still they still got an online presence and everything like that. So. Oh, so. But anyway, so that that I worked there because honestly, I was like, well, I live in an apartment, so I need to pay for rent. Right. So I, I mean, truly, that's what it came down to. Um, and like it was it was tough because I was doing those things and I was just like, OK, I've got Kyle I've got Lifeway. And like it was it was fine. It was like, you know, for the most part, it was fine. But then anxiety started to set in because mm-hmm. I realized, oh, gosh, like I and at this time I had all this debt. Like, right like majority of us, but like I said, I was using my credit card for basically everything because after rent was paid, I almost had no money left over. Yeah. I remember having conversations where you were like, yeah, I got $16 in the bank. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And like that happened more than once, you know? And so that can really wear on you so much where you're like, absolutely. I know I I have a place to live. I know I've got rent, but all, all that to be said, I ended up, you know, um, leaving Kyle and leaving the ministry for that. And, you know, I ended up, you know, I left, you know, Lifeway as well. And I I got a new job, you know, where I currently, currently work still, which has been a huge blessing monetarily speaking, as we paid off a ton of debt and, you know, got married and, uh, moved into a house back in October. So a few months ago, and we wouldn't have been able to afford that if I was still, you know, you know, at least where I was support raising wise. So there has been a lot of blessings in the current season, but, and I've talked to you about this many times. You just know when there's like, you know what, I'm still called the ministry. I don't know when, but when you feel that call in your life, when you feel a call that's so strong like that on your life, you know, it's almost like in a, in a crazy way, you're like, God's coming for you. You know what I mean? That's really what it's been like. You know, he's always chasing us down. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm at this company for for a while now, but just let me be attentive to when you're calling me out of it. You know what I mean? I think that's good. I mean, yeah, there's different seasons to life. And so there's seasons to grow. There's seasons to develop roots. There's seasons to, you know, really, this is a a beautiful time to be able to be with your wife. Now I know you both work at the same company and you're working from home. It's just a really cool thing. But if we can, I want to touch on what you said um, about how you started having all this anxiety. And I want to kind of, cause I yeah. know just from our friendship that yeah. you went through a lot and I don't know how much you feel comfortable sharing, oh, um, probably. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, awesome. You're open kimono. Always, um, always. So, but you know, but I remember walking through that situation on the outside and just kind yes. of hearing some of what was going on. And yeah. I think it's really powerful to share how you kind of went through that. I think there was yeah. some burnout in there. Yes. I think there yeah. was some missed expectations in yes. there. And I think there's some, yep. some thoughts that you were like, Oh man, I don't know where this is from. So can yeah. you share a little bit about kind of what was going on and then how you navigated that? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I think a big part was 
especially going back to the minute, the Kyle fund, the support raising part, a big part of the expectations I will say was, you know, when you go through, you know, you're aware of this, you go through support raising training, you go through all this stuff, it gets you kind of amped. Cause you're like, Oh, I just have to talk to these people and these people, I just have to get this. Oh, this is, this shouldn't be that hard. Right. And then when you start actually it seems doing so easy, it, it seems so easy. Cause you're like, well, I just need 20 people to support at $10 and 30 people at 20. Right. You, know, you do your whole breakdown, triangle breakdown and everything. And you're like, oh, this is going to be easy. Unfortunate, then, it's in a triangle, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it's just, you just need way. the one person to give you, you know, $10,000. Yeah, so if it was uh, just like a two, <laughs> just like two people instead of a triangle. Of exactly. 30. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, schemes. Um, no, so <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So that was something that I think for me, I was going into it optimistically, but definitely with my expectations were not where they should have been, you know, truly. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Like I realized doing both Chi Alpha with Lifeway, like I was starting to get burnt out. And I, I remember telling Brent at the time, who was my boss, I told him, I said, Hey, just so you know, like I'm feeling, been feeling a lot of anxiety or whatever. And, you know, he was always so supportive. He's always been the most supportive and it's tough though, because, you know, he can only do so much. You know what I mean? And I still have a responsibility and I still, you know, said, Hey, I'm, I'm in to do this. You know what I mean? Like I'm still, I still want to do this. Um, and so I was going into all that, you know, and I still felt fine. And then at the time I was dating someone who has didn't end up being my wife, but I was dating someone and it was long distance relationship and it was fine. Like I've loved it. Like it was a good time. But then like, I was like, Oh shoot. Like, one day I was driving to uh, Lifeway and to give context of something, I basically was just, there was a conversation that her and I had had, and I wasn't that excited about it. Like it was something that should have been exciting. Mm-hmm. And I was not that excited about it. I didn't tell her that, but I was just sort of like, Oh, I, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, I was driving to work and I was like, Oh, I might need to break up with her. Like mm-hmm. I can't see myself marrying her. And then my heart rate started to go up. And I never at this point experienced really true anxiety. I'd been stressed, but never anxiety. So my heart's my heart started beating faster. Um, my chest started to get tighter. Um, I started to get tunnel vision. I got a headache really fat. Like there were all of these things that started happening. I walked into work and outwardly I looked fine. I was like, oh hey, how's it going? But internally, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, I'm gonna die. Like Mm -hmm. I started feeling the most dread I've ever felt. I sat down. My heart rate was like 115, 120. Crazy. And it was the scariest thing. And then I found out later that it was, I, and I, I know there's a difference, but I don't know what it is, but it was either an anxiety attack or a panic attack. Right. And it came from that, from that thought of like, I need to break up with this, this woman. And it was you know, me, people, please. I was like, well, no, they break up with me. I don't break up with them. <laughs> you know, that's really like, truly, that's all my relationships. It's never been because of that fact. I don't like hurting people. Right. I was like, no, bye. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, and I kind of, I pushed through it. I was like, you know what? That's fine. Let's just, let's just get over it. Um, and then it just got worse. You know, they, I start. I, I remember so many times I would like journal and I'd be praying and I'd be truly crying out to God saying, Lord, just take this away. Like, I don't want this anxiety. I don't want any of this here. And it's crazy that sometimes the anxiety in our life is God, you know, really telling us something saying, Hey, you're, you're, there's something that is happening in your life that you're not catching something that I'm trying to show you that you're either intentionally ignoring, or you've got your blinders on or whatever it is. And 
that's basically what I was getting. And I remember because I, uh, I was hanging out with you and Ryan and I was going to go see her the next day. And after like talking and everything like that, I was like, you know what? Like it was the clarity came. And that's where I think clarity comes in community. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's where, that's where it's going to happen the most. And so I drove, you know, drove out and uh, I was four and a half hour drive and basically got there right away and basically broke up with her. I mean, I didn't really waste that much time. I just broke up with her, left, drove another four and a half hours back home, and the anxiety didn't go away. Like I yeah, still that's had what it. I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably got a little worse to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so all of that, like I was still, it was very strange. Like the anxiety I was having, it it almost felt like my day to day. I almost felt like I wasn't like I was watching myself live my life. Hmm. It was very strange. And I, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that came from, but it, it was truly like, I w- like, you know, I wasn't actually here. I was right. like way back here. You know what I mean? Like in the back of my head is like, I was watching everything happen, but I wasn't the one like, you know, I don't know. I, I, in control is kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Cause everything, all the anxiety and everything, it's felt so like, oh, nothing's in my control. Right. Um, so what did yeah, you, what did yeah. you, how did you come through that? What did you learn mm, from that? Yeah. I think, I mean, again, I think that for me, it was realizing that you ha- you're supposed to put boundaries on your life. Yeah, I and I'm still really bad at it. I had zero boundaries. Yeah, like zero. It was no, I'm here to help. What yeah. can I do? What can I yeah. do? What can I do? What can I do? Like it was truly like and I never told Brent. I never told any of the staff like that was like feeling, um, you know, stretched too thin. I never told them that because in my mind I was like well and this might go back to my you know my dad being a hard worker it was just like no I got to get I'm doing a job like yeah I have I have to get this done and I realized I didn't set up boundaries I never ever tell anyone no you know and so I was just like I need to start putting boundaries I need to start saying no I have to I have to start I have to start um not caring what people think about me you know that was like such a big part of it um but truly, um, I started just journaling more and I started just f- trying to, you know, get in the word. I, that was, I spent the most time in the Psalms <laughs> during that season in my life and Job as well mm. is I was just sort of like, God, is this how life is always going to be now? Yeah. If it is, it's going to suck, but I hope you have something to tell me through that. Right. Um, but truly a big part of it was being honest with myself and realizing that I'm not a, I'm not a superhero. Like none of us are. And I was, I just remember so many nights just praying and just saying, God, like I had a woman who she, she loved, I mean, I don't know if she ever used the term, but she liked me a lot. You know what I mean? And for whatever reason, I couldn't get there. I, I, I wasn't this, I didn't feel the same way. And I was so angry at God about that because I said, that makes zero sense. God, like she was great. Mm-hmm. There should be no reason for me to break up with her. And obviously I, I am a strong believer that um, the reason that I, that I broke up with her and you know, where I'm at now is truly because my wife is who has always been meant for me yeah. before. I didn't ever believe in the one, like really, I truly didn't. Um, and I do think there's a part of it where it's like, there, no one's perfect for anyone. There's, there's compatibility, right? Like right. no one's perfect for anyone, 
but I truly think that like the way that everything worked out, I would like, I always think back, like, what if you, you know, married your high school girlfriend? What if you married this last girlfriend and you think about your life and there's no way to truly know, but you're like, Oh, thank God. I didn't nothing against <laughs> them as a person, but you just think about your life of where you're at now. Yeah. And you think like, there's no, I wouldn't have wanted to be there. Right. Um, well, and I think the yeah. key thing, what you said was, especially for your personality type is you say yes to everything. And mm -hmm. that was one of the greatest things about having you on the team <laughs> was you did say yes to everything. Like I'd be like, Hey, can you, and even before I finished the statement, you'd be like, yep. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> for sure. Cool. Yeah, and, cool. and so that's a great quality. Like that's right. a phenomenal quality to have someone on the team who right. is someone who's up to be a part of what's going on. They want to, they want to say yes. They want to join the team. They want to do yeah. like, that's an incredible thing. That's a great yeah. thing in life. And you're always that friend who's like, Hey, I'm here to talk. I'm here to be for there sure, for always. you. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I seriously appreciate that. But I also think you're right. You have to set boundaries yep. and boundaries are so difficult to set. Because yes. we set yeah. them and then we break them. And then there's yep. no point of setting them if you're going to break them. Exactly. And right. it's usually, it's not even the other, like we like to say like, well, these people are breaking my boundaries. No, you're breaking them. You're breaking exactly. your own boundaries. You're the ones that you set them. Like yeah. you have the control. Exactly. So yeah. I'm in control of that, but it's difficult to do that. And yeah. what I think you experienced, what from what I, my understanding of what you said yeah. was high anxiety, high yes. panic or anxiety attacks. Yep. I mean, you were experiencing high blood pressure. I yeah. remember oh, you yeah. talking yep. about you went to the doctor and they're yep. like, why is my blood pressure so high? Yep. You know, I'm healthy. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm working out. I'm doing, yeah. you know, like, yep. and, and a lot of it, I think, came because you hit that stretch of burnout. Yes. And then yeah. you kept pushing. Yep. Exactly. And, and then you reach that, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden decisions cripple you. So and, much so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, you know, I think it's been great to see intentionality afterwards, right? Oh, like yeah. Even the tea yeah. thing, like, yeah, I'm making fun of you as a joke, I know. but, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, that's real. Like, you need to be right. like, okay, like, this is not something I need. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. Right. And, um, and, and other, whatever it is, whether it's, I'm yeah. going to make sure I'm working out, I'm going to make sure, right. You know, I don't yeah. necessarily know if we need more, like, I know it's maybe this is maybe not like super whatever to say but yeah. i don't know if we need more like personal health days we're all like ah i need more yeah. like i just need more time for me like i don't yeah. know if i need that like right. i think i need more like healthy reality i don't know yes. if i need like yeah. i was talking with abby and she's great at this but she said something the other day i was talking to her and she was stressed out and and she's dealing with her illness of um, yeah. chronic migraines. And right. I said, Hey, why don't you just go out and have some time to yourself? She's like, I don't need me time. I need a life that's oriented in a healthy way. Wow. And I was like, wow, you're, you're so much smarter than me at everything. <laughs> the wives tend to be that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, like she's like, but my situation, I can't do that. Yeah. And so if you can do that, that you don't need, yeah. you don't need to have, uh, you know, whatever this R and R retreat, you need to, yeah orient your life in such a way where it's healthy yeah so that you yeah. can function at the capacity you're meant to function right at. yep well and think about it too like with the r and r days like that's not your life your life is never going to be r and r no, days it never will and be so like while they're not bad to take so many and i'll be honest like even with work like i've taken i mean i had like i you know had some extra vacation days so i took like three hours off early today and i was just sort of like cool i can do that you know but the thing is is that 
is going to run out. You know what I mean? Like I only have Eventually, a specific yes. amount of that of Eventually. for every year. And so if we don't kind of like what you're saying, if you don't re- reorient, reorient your life, like in a different way, those are in our days are, are they're not going to do anything. If anything, no. you're just wasting time Yeah, because re- that's really what you're doing. Cause you have to change something more than that. Well, you you're know, putting because, a bandaid yeah. on a stinking eye cut. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Seriously. Good example. Um, yeah. And I think that that's something that people just like, you know, what? I just need a mental health day. And you know what? Those are good. People should take those like truly. absolutely 100%. But also, what things in your life can you actually change yeah. where you actually don't need to take as many mental health days? Right. You know, I think a big part of it that I, I see in my life, but I'm certainly bad at it is how much screen time I have. Oh, yeah. You know how much time I'm on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. Now, if you think about how your mental health does, I'm not saying that if you delete your Instagram and Facebook that your um, mental health is automatically going to get better. But you and I both have done social media fasts, and I sure you would agree there's zero negative effects in the sense, uh, like in the long term. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's stressful at first because your your muscle memory wants to look at your phone and pull it up and go, oh shoot, what was I looking for? I deleted that app. You know. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that like, I, th- I wish more people would just look at their lives and say, okay, what things are causing me to burn out? What things are causing me to stress out and what, and can I do away with them or what, right. you know, what, or people, you know, what people do I have in my life that are just draining me, you right. know? And like, well, how can I communicate better? How can I learn to say no? And I think one thing to going back to my story is when I started to say no more, you know, it was hard at first. It was really difficult because I was like, cool. They hate me. Like, <laughs> you know, it was That's a real like, struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, a part of it was like realizing you can say no to someone and not give them a reason. Mm-hmm. And that was difficult because I almost felt like every time I said no, I had to have some sort of a reason other yes. than I, didn't, I don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to say I don't want to. Like, yes. and at the end of the day, if they make a big fuss of it, I mean, that's their problem, not yours. Yep. And so for me, uh, what's brought me a lot of sanity is being able to say, no, sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe another time, but I just can't right now. Yeah. No um, explanation. No explanation. Yep. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do have that people pleasing thing that I have, which is, you know, you want to, you want to show up, you want to be a hard worker, which are good things. But I just think if more people, like you said, like if more people started to focus on the things that they can actually change in their life, you won't need to take so many R and R days. Absolutely. Like, well, truly. And, and John Mark Homer said something recently. He said, I want us to be a church community that just um, pays careful attention to our screen time. He yes. said, because we are so much shaped by the information that we are taking in. Too much and so. I thought yeah. that was very interesting. We are wow. shaped by our screen time. Yes. So thinking about that, I think is very powerful. Yeah. And I love what you said. Yeah. Having the ability to say no with no explanation given. It doesn't yeah. mean you don't like this person. It doesn't mean no. you're yeah. rude. And I, I agree with you. I think ever I struggle with that, you know, yeah. and yeah. I'm more manipulative than you. So I'll find a reason. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I can't go because of this. I mean, that's just honest. You know what I mean? Oh, I right. can't go because I got this going on. And maybe right. it's a part truth, you know, but <laughs> I'm just like, that's my personality. So I'm like, yeah, I can't, you know, and Hi, I'm busy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I got this, this and this or yeah. whatever. Or my close friends, I'll just say, I actually have this going on. I'm sorry or whatever. Yeah. But mm, but yeah, yeah I think true. you you got to be willing to be honest about it. Yeah. And and 
I shouldn't be doing that. I should just say, Hey, I can't, sure. you know why? Because I feel at full capacity right now. Yeah, exactly. But and that's a great is, answer. You know what I mean? Like that's an actual good answer. Right. And the problem is you know, once you get to burnout, it's, yeah. it feels like you can't Oof. come out of it. I remember, yeah. you know, you're, you've been in it, I've been in it. And like when you're coming out of it, it's like, the vices that come out of you yeah and, and like oh, you all man. of a sudden yeah. you're like why am i struggling with this why am i thinking yes. this why am yeah. i dealing with this again right and then you implement some healthy things in your life yeah and then you're like okay this healthy thing is gonna take like it's like a, a week right like if i just eat yeah. clean for like a week like i'm gonna feel better <laughs> you know right my or blood pressure would be normal like, yeah if i just yeah. like stop drinking drinking so much pop and i start right. drinking water like i should be better in like three days right right it, naturally it's never that simple <laughs> never it's never no. that simple it's no like what jesus says in john 15 i think is the most just such a beautiful sentiment when he's talking about he's talking about being connected to him yes, and he's talking vine. about yep. the vine right yeah and and he's saying like listen if you're connected to the vine the fruit the nutrients yes. the water yes. like you will bear fruit but yeah. what you're connected to is mm. directly impacting what's That's coming good. out of you so right. talk about your screen time you know like i had the statement that i wrote down that it was like a little sermon that i wrote from it called that we are victorious through the vine mm, we're not yep. victorious through anything other yeah. than the vine, because the vine right. shows directly what we're connected to. So if you're yeah. connected to something that's unhealthy, it will produce bad fruit in you. Right. Exactly. Right. So whether that's bitterness, whether that's anger, yep. hatred, yep. contempt, it will yep. produce that in you. There'll be yep. a blockage. And and so yeah. for me, like, okay, how can I stay connected to healthy things? So right. if you're a Christian and listening to this, that's Jesus, that's forming forming your life around Jesus. Yeah. If you're not, I would say consider Jesus. But if you're yeah. like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, then consider something that's healthy. So right. consider exactly. something that's forming you in a way that's yes. healthy. One, and, that's so good. Yeah. And I think a big part of that too is look for the things that can form you of where you want to be in six months yeah in 10 and you know in a year in two years yes like, that's what i think is a big a big part of it um gosh especially with i just love the idea of you know it's, that's so funny you talked about that just because the idea of being connected we're connected with our phones anytime we're holding it and i elon musk once said he was on joe rogan once and he said that we're basically um I, he said like cyborgs Mm -hmm. Because we always have technology at our fingertips mm -hmm. and that's changing our minds. That's changing how we do life. That's yeah. changing how we interact with other people. Yep. And like, that's what we're connected to. And I think the thought of when Jesus says like, you know, connected to the vine, you're going to bear the good things like that, that imagery, we see it in our daily lives of like phones being the biggest thing, but like with the things that you're connected to, for example, like if you might, if you, you know, some people love to comment nasty things and some people love to share that nasty things, like all these mean, horrible things. And specifically during political seasons, which is basically all the time now, um, is you see all of this and then you talk to that person in real life and you realize, oh, they've changed. Mm -hmm. And you might be that person that's changed too. You know what I mean? Especially you think you start like looking at these Facebook posts and you're like, oh, I, I'm starting to realize that I am having all these negative thoughts towards my neighbor. I'm having all these negative thoughts towards my wife, towards my friends, to all these people that I care about because of, of something that I saw on Facebook. Yeah. You know, and like that starts to bear that negative fruit. And like, no one wants to be around a negative person. Yeah. There is zero 
people in the world that say, you know what? I like being around negative people. That just yeah. fills me up. I, if I had like a hope for the world, it would truly be that like we would have less um, screen time and more um, FaceTime in the sense of like actually seeing people face to face. Yeah. And even, yeah. I would, I would say even with like Facebook comments and things like that, um, like if you disagree with someone, you know what? If you know them on a personal level, say, hey, can we FaceTime quick? Like, can we yeah. FaceTime? We should talk about this, uh, you know? And like having a maturity behind it saying, you know what? Like, can we just discuss? Like, I want to see kind of where you're coming from instead of, you know, typing up some things and saying, you know, you're stupid, you're, right. you know, whoever, right. you know, so. Well, yeah. and it was some old, uh, old writer, not theologian, like literally just historian was yeah. talking and he was like, the world will, uh, it's wow what was it man i'm i'm blanking right now but something like the world is is more messed up not from like not from the screens or anything but from not sitting around a table yes exactly yeah right like something yep. like that like it's not yeah, it's yeah. the face to face interactions yes that make yeah. the biggest difference right. um oh here's what he, here's it was a it actually was a theologian i'm sorry said Yes, sin is bad. Yes, all these things are bad. But sitting down to dinner, but not sitting down to dinner as a family is worse. Oof. Yep. And it was exactly. so interesting to think about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sinning is bad and all this stuff is bad. Yeah. But um, not sitting down to dinner and talking as a family is worse yep. is exactly. a radical thought. Yep. It's true. And it's it's one of those things that I think about and I'm. I'm not you know, scared for the future. I'm not like, you know, feeling like the world's going to end or anything like that. But at the same time, it is one of those things that it's like, are we going to get to a point where we can't even have face to face discussions with each other anymore? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, OK, well, I'll see you in person, but I don't really want to tell you my true feelings, except if I'm commenting on your Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of my fear for that is I I, I hope not. You know, I yeah. hope I hope I hope my cynicism is wrong. But um, I think it know, is. I don't think face to face interactions will ever go away. Yeah. You know, but when I when you said fear of the future, I thought like how crazy it would be if all of a sudden I just like wasn't here, but my like shirt was just hanging over the the chair like and left he's, behind. He's talking about the rapture right now, everybody. <laughs> this is this is rapture hour radio. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke this Sunday. I was talking to someone at church and yeah. I was like, you know what I used to say in like super awkward moments at church. And when it's like when you're like, oh, you know, and everyone feels you know those moments. Yeah. You know, yeah, when yeah. it's really awkward, I used to just turn and be like, rapture, rapture. Now rapture. now rapture. Happen. happen. Please make it happen. Please. Rapture. Rapture. You know. <laughs> Let's go. Let's beam me up, Scotty. You know what no, I mean? No, because then all the atheists will see when they come and find our clothes that I was wearing silk boxers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> silk boxers. Oh, my goodness. Just kidding. I haven't Let's worn silk know. boxers since like second grade. Okay, here's the deal. The Left Behind movies oh are my not gosh, my, f- my favorite. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I used to- <laughs> this conversation's over. Kirk it's Cameron, off. save us. He's a good um, dude. He's a good he's dude. A good I don't dude. even, I, I don't have time for that conversation right now. He's a good dude. Thank he's you, Kirk, for the it's bad true. theology that you put into the world. Anyways, Yikes. it's all good, dude. Thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. And uh, one final thought, I want to hear your favorite new girl quote, because as our resident new girl expert, oh. even though I whooped you earlier, yeah. I want to hear your favorite new girl appropriate quote. I know. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Um, 
Because I know mine. I would say you look like a homeless pencil. Yes. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I have said that to every one of my sisters hundreds of times. <laughs> you look like a homeless pencil right now. What's yours? I love that. Mine is a tie between Ooh, okay. you gave me cookie, got you cookie. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or I can get a tetanus shot, but I can't fix damaged suede. <laughs> Dude, classics. Can't go uh, wrong. Schmidt just in a rough neighborhood. I can get a tetanus shot, but I can't fix damaged suede. <laughs> oh, or, or actually, I'll just say Judaism, son. That's a good one. Judaism, son. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Good times, dude. Oh, well, thanks for so taking good. time. I appreciate it. This is an awesome conversation, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Let's go, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of Where They've Been. I hope you're encouraged by Zach's story. He's got some hilarious parts to his story and his life, and he shared some really vulnerable things as well, some vices and some struggles that he's had and, and kind of how he's processed through and overcome those those struggles and those pains and I was really encouraged talking with him and listening to his story he's one of my very very close friends and I'm excited because he's actually going to be joining me on this journey of the podcast and helping me out with a little intro and outro he's going to be adding his comedic relief and I'm excited to have him join me in this journey of podcasting together and we got so many stories to tell I have so many incredible interviews on the docket coming up in the next few months so I encourage you to continue to join us. I can't wait to share these stories of where they've been. Love you all.